Hello, you beautiful humans, and welcome back to the Hope Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Marissa, and we have another very special guest joining us, my BFF from Victoria, BC, Sarah. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Marissa. Thank you. Of course, of course. I'm super excited for Sarah to be on. Um, Just to give you guys some background on Sarah and what we'll kind of be talking about today, I think it's a super important subject and very, very needed. Um, she's the president of BackFit Pro. She's a McGill Method certified back pain, back pain practitioner and the owner of Spine and Spirit Restoration in Victoria, BC, which is somewhere I refer a lot of my clients to for any back pain or issues in that uh, area. And as well as she's a certified breath coach and level two Reiki practitioner. So yeah, I'm excited to just dive into a lot of things today. Um, the main one being obviously back health and not overdoing it because as you know, Sarah, I'm sure you see this a lot. And especially for me being from a back, uh, bodybuilding background is people either overtraining, not taking care of their back. And then, you know, we end up with all these pains and injuries and, and things like that. And for me, you really helped me with my injury. And I don't know if some of you may or may not know last year I was, I was out for like a year. I had insane chronic pain in my stomach and no one could tell me what was wrong. I had all these tests done and from years of bodybuilding, I never would have really correlated it with back issues. But when I came and saw you and I saw your dad, thankfully that just all aligned because it changed everything for me and you were able to tell me that I had a bulge disc and that's where a lot of my stomach pain was coming from. So yeah, your knowledge has helped me so much and also your friendship. So I'm just excited to to share your knowledge with everyone today. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. I always love talking to you. I think our friendship, we help each other, we inspire each other and always have a laugh and a good time. So this will yeah. be fun. Yeah, totally, totally. So I think the main thing to just get started in, you know, in what you see most commonly in the world you're in with, you know, helping people with their back pain is like let's talk a little bit firstly around um what you think the most common cause of back pain is or what are people most commonly doing that you know causes a lot of their discomfort in that area well the most common injury mechanism for people in their 20s to 40s um are disc bulges or disc herniations so similar to what you experienced yeah and the disc is the the squishier bit between the two bony vertebrae in a spine and discs become injured with repeated bending or twisting, especially under load. Mm -hmm. So to create a disc injury, which is one of the most common that we see, um, people are bending their spines too much under load. So of course your spine is made to bend and allow you to move throughout your day, but coupling that with either prolonged bending or adding load like in the gym um, without a specific goal or understanding of where your tipping point is in the spine, um, then that leads to injury. So that's a lot of time what we see. And discogenic injuries follow a very 
specific pattern. So for example, with a disc herniation, you'd often see episodic back pain. So it would come on really intensely from something even as simple as bending over to pick up a pencil and your back goes out um, and it, it's flared up for a couple of weeks and then it can kind of dissipate or sometimes it, it stays for a long time. But that episodic back pain, typically sitting aggravates uh, disc herniations or disc bulges and walking maybe feels better, feels good. So there's lots of categories that we can help to identify that. But most commonly we see disc injuries uh, in the population 20s to 40s, which is probably the majority of your audience. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. And I think too, what people, I mean, something that I never thought of was that my like it would like the, the pain that I was experiencing in my back would be my spine for whatever reason. I always equated my back pain to a muscle or yeah, overusing a muscle in a certain way. And that's something that, you know, I was seeing athletic therapists and even occupational therapists and they never once looked at my spine and like, why is that? Why do you think that people in that world go right to the muscle or, you know, it seems weird. It does. And people use the tools that they've trained in their specific discipline. So if you go to a spine surgeon, the good ones will tell you maybe you don't need surgery. <laughs> or if you go to an orthopedic surgeon, they're going to want to do surgery. Or if you go to um, a, a brain specialist, maybe they'll try to <laughs> help through your brain, you know, so it's all depending on who you go to see, they're going to use their expertise and what they know and not always is, do they know how to assess or look at the whole picture. So a lot of peripheral symptoms come back to the spine, which is really interesting and which is what I find really rewarding about the McGill method. Um, just to introduce what I do a little bit to your listeners, if they haven't heard of it, I practice the McGill method, which is all based on Professor Stuart McGill's research in the lab and clinic over 40 years. Um, and he's actually my dad too. So we share the last name and that's the relation there. Uh, but it's all very evidence-based. And he was just so curious. How did the spine work? How did it get injury? How, how did it get injured? How do these tissues heal? How do the greatest athletes in the world be able to do what they have to do? He's worked with a lot of them. Um, and getting back to understanding how the spine works, we can then, um, I forgot your question now. I've got <laughs> off track. <laughs> you're good, you're good. Yeah. You're just talking about how, you know, every practitioner has their specific pinpoint of like, that's what they look at. But a lot of the times, like when you're seeing someone, like in my case, no one, no one ever mentioned my spine. Right. Yes. Thank you for that. <laughs> so just to explain what the McGill method is, because we don't come from um, a specific discipline of chiropractic or physiotherapy, we're assessing the spine as a whole, just getting curious about, okay, through the assessments that we took you through, we were investigating through different movements, postures, loads on your specific spine and seeing what that created within your body. Did this make your symptoms feel worse? Did this make them feel better? It wasn't just a, a positive or negative pass or fail, these simple physical tests. Mm -hmm. um, and we noticed with you, as we put your spine into flexion, so that's bending forward, which internally that can pressurize the disc, 
that ended up increasing your symptoms around in your abdomen. Mm -hmm. So around T12, there are nerves that exit the spine around into the abdomen. And if you have a disc bulge, that with flexing the spine puts pressure on that nerve, it can radiate the symptoms into the abdomen. So that's where going through those assessments and thinking, oh, that's interesting. Let's follow that up with more assessments to confirm how this is related and going through the assessment. Okay, there are many signs and patterns that give us a better understanding of the pain mechanism. Um, a lot of a lot of assessments regarding the spine are just how much mobility does it have, but mobility does not correlate with back health and reduced risk of injury. So we should be looking at um, the health of the spine and reduced pain versus just increasing mobility. Sometimes increasing mobility, especially for disc injuries, um, can just create more symptoms and, and keep them intensified. So that's what we saw for you too with uh, keeping your spine more resilient in that neutral position and learning how to train and, and empower you to show you can exercise and do workouts, knowing your pain triggers, and then let's build an exercise program that stays away from your pain triggers and slowly builds that foundation for movement, um, moving from the hips, the shoulders, the other joints that aren't compromised. So that was really, that was really interesting to see how your symptoms tied together and it made more sense. Of course, there are so many pieces to the puzzle in the human body of what can be influencing the symptom. Um, but yeah, thanks for sharing your case. That was really interesting. I'm really glad that we were able to help you. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to have you on here because like, again, it changed everything for me because for a whole year, oh my God, I was in so much pain and just the worst thing if anyone's listening and you've ever been injured and you have ever experienced not knowing the cause of the injury or even what the injury is you just have this weird chronic pain going on and no one can tell you what it is it's so frustrating and it makes you feel so hopeless because it felt like no matter what I did even you know like certain stretches that I thought oh these are helping me they were actually making things worse and I wouldn't have known any of that if it weren't for you so you and your dad. So yeah, I think it's really important to, you know, people see a lot of professional support, which is great, athletic therapists, massage therapists, whoever it is. But I hear so often that people are struggling with pain for years, if not their almost their whole lives. And so it's just another area to look, right? If you're having back pain, maybe look at your spine and seeing someone like Sarah. Um, if you're in Victoria, you can go see her in person, which is amazing. But I also want to talk about because, yeah, the thing that really helped me the most that you guys provided was, okay, how can I still move my body? And because working out, like I love moving my body. I love working out. So you guys providing me education around, okay, these are ways that you can move that won't aggravate your back, that will, you know, support you, that will help to alleviate the pain or whatever it was like that was really helpful and the main piece of that was listening to my body and not overdoing it because as, again, as a bodybuilder, I was so used to pushing my body to its limits, pushing it, you know, through pain, way overdoing it at the gym, way overtraining, way, way, way too much load for the issues that I was obviously experiencing. And it's hard at first to listen to your body, but it's so important. And do you see that often where people you know, are usually overdoing it or they're just ignoring the signals that are popping up pain-wise? 
Absolutely. And sometimes people think, oh, I have pain. I'm, I, I need to train harder or I need to push through it. Yeah. And there's a difference. And I often ask people, what's, can you feel the difference between muscular fatigue? Cause working out doesn't feel like nothing, right? We're activating muscles versus identifying in your body when something's wrong, when it's more of an, uh, a joint that's getting stressed or something like that. And oftentimes people with that type A personality that want to push through and, and lift more weight and do more exercising, um, helping them identify when they're actually feeling pain and something wrong and not pushing through it. Because just like any injury or joint in the body, there's sort of a cascade of potential um, pain pathways that can get exacerbated the more you push through it. So with the disc bulge, it can lead to spine instability and then stress another joint. And so you really want to nip it in the bud when you start to feel some back pain. And um, like everything in life, I think our goal should be to be happy and healthy as we can be. And if that is reaching a specific athletic goal, then using every exercise as a tool. So I've learned this from my dad a lot about what we preach in the McGill method is not just working out to exhaust yourself, but going in and, and planning your workouts or working with someone to plan your workouts where every exercise you have to consider your current capacity. So not just your muscular strength, but consider your current capacity with injuries you may be dealing with. What are your goals? What's a realistic um, place to start? A lot of times we have to bring back to foundation work, like with you. I remember we did a fun park workout one day and yeah. <laughs> wasn't lifting any crazy weights, but it was great to get out there and move our bodies with body weight exercises and really create those foundational movements. Um, and yeah, it can be emotional and difficult for people that want to be really pushing through that and doing more, more, more in the gym. But ultimately for long-term results, um, it's more listening to your body, taking those rest days and thinking, do I want to really go to a high achieving place with my body? Because that comes with natural high risk for potential injury. So you can totally get there. A lot of professional athletes and, and people who are pushing their bodies to the limits, they're always going to be managing some sort of injury as well. So it can, it can be an emotional conversation with clients of, okay, what, where do you see your life in 10 years? What do you want from this? And then let's build your body and heal your back, build the exercise program to work towards that. And sometimes people come in with so much back pain, we're not introducing exercises right away. It's just letting the pain mechanisms wind down first, unloading the tissues, do a lot more resting. And just like when we know somebody's specific pain triggers, the movements, postures, loads that, that trigger their pain, we can take that into account when we're uh, prescribing rest too, so that someone's not just resting slumped over in the couch, because potentially that's resting in a position that's not going to let their tissues really heal. Yeah. So resting is so important. And there's an intentional way to do that as well. So moderation is, is so key and also understanding what moderation means for you, your body, your goals, and then your, your current, uh, what you're dealing with, with injuries as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, the main audience listening in, you know, we're all here to create a lifestyle that we love and one that's long-term. And so that also goes with movement, you know, and, and managing 
any pains that come up and listening to our bodies because yeah, we can't be running ourselves into the ground and way overdoing it in the gym for, you know, like you said, asking yourself, okay, what do I want to get out of my workouts? Like, how do I want to feel? It matters so much more than going in for example, aesthetic reasons. Like I'm training to look a certain way. And in my case, that that's what kind of happened. And then that's where those injuries came from. I wasn't being mindful. I didn't really care how my workout felt. I just pushed through and basically killed myself. Right. And that's not, that's not longevity. We need to be, you know, moving our bodies in a way that supports us, like you said. And for me, it was really hard to scale back on things, but it also changed my life because now I'm back to movement that I enjoy. I don't feel like I need to go into the gym for a really long time. I can go in for maybe 20 minutes and I feel good. Or maybe it's not even in the gym. Maybe, yeah, I just go for a walk or I do whatever feels supportive. But that whole piece is so underrated, I feel. We're told so often to train through the pain and grind it out. Or what's that? Like, um, no pain, no gain, right? It's just. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. that's, That's a crazy one. Yeah. So we, it's really a shift of our mindset also, which is huge here. Um, and I know you, you mentioned like walking is super supportive for a lot of people. And that's also another great, you know, mental health activity, walking, get out, getting outside lighter movement like that is it's mind, body, and spirit, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And walking is so helpful for all systems of the body and specifically talking about the spine. If you walk with your head up, and we we coach people to be the queen or be the king. You're walking with purpose. If you're walking all hunched over, um, then that's not really going to be unloading your spine. But walk with that posture with some of your work, Marissa. I'm sure you have some affirmations and some mind work. That's a great time to assume the posture of that energy that you want to be embodying. Swing your arms from your shoulder and go for that fast-paced walk. That can be so therapeutic for the spine, but also for the mind increase in confidence um, and breaking up the walks a few times throughout the day can be very helpful for people's backs, especially if you have a desk job um, or if you have a sedentary job, instead of going for an hour long walk, it can be super beneficial to break it up into 10, 15 minute walks kind of throughout the day. So you have periods of giving your back a little bit of a rest of that prolonged sitting and go for a walk and feel a bit more inspired. And it's a real confidence booster. It's great for the mental health and walking is so helpful for spine health as well. And something to add to that, actually, that may be helpful for someone listening who loves to hit a hard workout and they also are sitting all day. Um, There's bit of there's some wisdom that you should take from sitting all day into a workout there should be a transition period there because if you think of sitting all day you're potentially pressurizing the discs in a nutshell I can't give visuals but um, think of your discs are getting sort of pressurized while you're sitting and then you go and load them as you're working out and potentially adding load with bending. Um, And we know that that's the mechanism to create disc bulges. So instead have a little transition period where you either walk to the gym or after sitting all day, do a couple minutes lying on your tummy on the ground, Mm -hmm. Um, but have that transition period of knowing, okay, if I've just sat all day, 
what's something that provides a little bit of the opposite or unloading for my spine before I go to the workout? Does that sort of make sense and is helpful to have that transition, those transition tools? Um, it's great to have that mental transition, but also to, to prepare your spine to go into a workout, no matter how intense or long it is. It's nice to have those transition tools. Yeah, no, absolutely. That makes so much sense. It's, it's as simple as like a, a warm up you would do before your workout, right? Like you're just taking care mm-hmm. of other parts of your body. So you need to also consider your spine. And I don't know about anyone else, but I just sat up a little taller when you were talking. <laughs> I was like, wait a second, what's my posture doing? <laughs> I noticed that. Yeah. It's so easy to like, oh my gosh, like you're not mindful of it. And then you just get into that habit. Or for example, yeah, if you're in a weird position all day, like for me, unfortunately, I don't have a really good ergonomic space to work from. And for me, it's usually I'm on my bed. I have pillows under my laptop and I'm sure you can see I'm kind of like looking down at my laptop and it's not awesome. So don't judge me, Sarah. But (laughs) But yeah, it's I think that's super important to warm up, be mindful of all that. Um, And I had another really good question for you, but I totally forgot. But that's okay. Um, But yeah, I think that the the piece you mentioned on. um, Oh, I remember what it was. So just as an example, I think we had talked for when I first got to Mexico, I told you, you know, my back's feeling better. I'm, you know, taking more time off. I'm listening to it. I'm not going crazy. I think initially I was really just only, yeah, doing our body weight exercises you had kind of given me and then maybe a little bit of band work. And I was like, okay, this is good. I'm feeling good. Just getting into the habit of not overdoing it. And then I started boxing. And what I noticed was that, you know, boxing is quite intense and initially I felt okay but then over time my back was starting to flare up again and something that I was really mindful of was exactly to your point of warming up was when I would box or train in the morning I always felt kind of more stiffness or more just I guess resistance whereas if I would train in the evening I felt looser like I felt like probably I was I moved a bit more already before that workout and you know, I was able to be more mindful of what exercises, for example, burpees weren't, weren't great for my back. And so I think there's something to be said there too, around, you know, finding a time in the day. And obviously not everyone has a choice, but to your point of warming up, like figuring out when is it going to feel best for my body to move in a more, not super intense, but obviously with some weight or whatever it is that you're doing workout wise. Absolutely. And I don't, I may have told you about this, but I can't remember. And I'm sorry if I missed it when we were chatting before, but in the morning while we sleep, our discs, that's when they get their nutrients. So they're filling with fluid. So when you wake up in the morning for the first hour, and this is one of the studies that, that Stuart did, your, your spine is more stiff in the morning. So if there's a disc bulge or a disc herniation or an injury to those disc, the collagen fibers, then your spine's more pressurized. So then if you go into those repeated bending or loading in the morning, um, it's just even more pressurized and a higher risk of of creating some pain. Um, But not to say don't work out in the morning, you absolutely can do your boxing workouts in the morning, but having that time a little bit before the workout to be upright, let that fluid drain out of the discs, go for a little bit of a walk, swing the arms, and then go into your workout from there. So that can help if anyone's listening that says, 
that's experiencing the same thing. They get up and they do their workouts in the morning. If you're going from bed to car to gym or bed to workout beside your bed, if you're in a smaller room or if you're working out first thing in the morning, try to have that first 45 to 60 minutes walking around your place, making your coffee, go for an intentional walk, something upright to let those discs drain and get back to their their natural um, height instead of being extra pressurized after sleeping. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. I think that's super helpful because I think a lot of people probably train in the mornings and they might not even realize that it's affecting their back or causing some pain, right? We're all just so in our own little bubbles and routines that this is just maybe nice new knowledge for some people. And okay, so just lastly, what would be some, I know that everyone's very specific and I don't necessarily want you to get specific here, but if someone's experiencing back pain, what are some general things? And again, I know everyone's so different here, but what are general things that might just help rest it or I mean obviously seeing someone would be the best bet but like you know a way to lay or a way to sit or like the walking example yeah so you hit the nail on the head with everything so specific and something that we really follow and believe in with the McGill method is there's no such thing as non-specific back pain so everything is very specific um, and there are a few self-tests, self-assessments that you can do to start to understand what your pain triggers are. So pain triggers are a certain posture that is increasing your pain. And then you want to find, okay, what's the posture that decreases it? Um, so of course you can go see someone like myself or one of our providers that can guide you through the assessment. Um, but my dad actually wrote a book. It's called Back Mechanic by Stuart McGill. And it's on Amazon or backfitpro.com. It's $35, but it's helped thousands of people around the world get out of pain because it guides you through that self-assessment and then through those spine sparing movement patterns from there and educates you on how the spine works, what may be causing your pain based on what you're experiencing and guides you through there. Um, if you are experiencing discogenic back pain, like you were in that category, Marissa, but of course there's so many subcategories as well. Um, but try doing some more interval walking. Know that posture definitely matters for your spine. Finding that specific posture is all individual based. Um, but in general, a neutral spine position is where it's uh, the safest because that's how the spine is designed to bear more load um, and 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 protect itself with all the ligaments. So neutral is just preserving the natural curves in your spine. So while you're sitting, standing, walking, if you're picking something up using your hips instead of binding, uh, bending through the spine. Mm -hmm. So there are some general principles, but really uh, going through some of those assessments will help understand what's causing your specific pain. And then that helps guide the best approach forward. Yeah. Yay. I love that. Yay. Let's everyone feel good and not have back pain. <laughs> yes. That, that would be amazing. That's a big mission, but <laughs> would be great. Definitely. Definitely. Um, okay. Amazing. So yeah, I'm going to have all, all of Sarah's links in the description. So if you want to reach out to her at Spine and Spirit Restoration, she's in Victoria, BC. Um, I'll have a link for her website and yeah, that book will also add um, into the description and just any resources that you guys can kind of 
pick up and and maybe you know do a bit of that self-assessment stuff and then kind of go from there but yeah thank you so much Sarah you're so knowledgeable my smarty smarty BFF thank you so much for being here yay thank you Marissa yeah this was so great so I'm gonna go for a walk now because my back is telling me that it needs it and I've been sitting for a while so I hope we can all maybe go for a walk or maybe we've been listening as we've been walking, which I love. So everyone stay healthy and stay nourished and we'll see you next time.